0: Welcome to the Men of Iron podcast, equipping men for growth in your faith, family, friends, fitness, and finances. Check out menofiron.org to learn more about how you can get involved in or support the vision of changing a culture one man at a time. Thanks for listening. Here's your host, Chad Zook. Welcome, gentlemen. This is the Men of Iron Podcast. My name is Chad Zook. I'm the host of the show, and this is episode 86. In this podcast episode, we're going to talk about five things you need to know if you want your mentor to last. Five things you need to know if you want your mentor to last. It's a big deal. This is a great episode. Let's get into it. So my wife and I were flying to a speaking event in Illinois a couple weeks ago. The plane was absolutely packed, uncomfortably packed, as a matter of fact. I had my seat and the row, and I was in the middle seat. I hate the middle seat, by the way. But I was in the middle seat, and I thought, oh, well, the flight was you know, only a couple of hours. I can be uncomfortable. No big deal. Just move on. Then I met Jim. Jim had the window seat. I talked about Jim on a recent Men of Iron Minute. And I'm gonna read an excerpt from the Men of Iron Minute right now. And then I want to tell you about the rest of my conversation with Jim and how that pertains to your five things that you need to know to have a mentor that lasts. So let me introduce Jim to you. Jim is a retired pharmaceutical chemist. Jim is like Walter White from Breaking Bad without the dark meth making angle. A pharmaceutical chemist, you may be lost automatically. I've never taken a chemistry class myself, so don't Ask me what he did for a living because I could not tell you because I don't know. But Jim was an interesting guy and he was a very unassuming guy. Old school baseball jersey, blue navy service ball cap, cargo shorts, tall socks, curly gray hair creeping outside his hat. You have a picture in your mind. My kids would call this a dad. I personally receive it as a badge of honor and according to my conversation with Jim, he did too. What made Jim... Intriguing wasn't pharmaceutical chemistry, because that just puts me to sleep just typing it or thinking about it, (laughs) but Jim had 32 years of sobriety and a new zest for life, and I became enthralled in his story. He had it after nearly losing everything. Shockingly, losing everything to gain something better is a narrow walkway of the faithful. Jim and I talked about family, sponsors, good food, and the value of of admitting our inability to fix ourselves. Digging deep, he shared how submitting to God frees us to receive the power to overcome any obstacle in this life. Jim is excited to talk about his change and how his life is different. He found humility and also the value of helping others. Who are these elusive people we call the humble people? The people like Jim. Jim is is the humble person who knows that he doesn't have all the answers. You see, humble people know that everything good in their life actually comes from God. The humble are dependent on God, even desperate for God. Jim had no sense of self-reliance or self-promotion or lifting himself up. On the contrary, he learned that addiction brought him more and more self-absorption. Jim humbles himself before God and surrendered, humbles himself before other people in service, and he does it over and over and over again. The humble person is focused not on himself, but on God and other people. Jim has a bright optimism, which is why I entitled that particular blog post, The Humble Enthusiast. He had a bright optimism. I believe that he had that special thing that Jesus called life in John 10.10. 10. You see, here's what I want to share with you about the rest of the story. As I was just listening to Jim and I was intrigued in his story and all of his years of sobriety and just celebrating his wins and the fact that his his wife is really just almost like angelic through the whole thing because she was married through the whole journey and she stayed with him through the good, the bad, and the ugly. But as... He unpacked all of that. Then he and I also started d- to dig more deeply into what a sponsor is in the recovery world. So here's where I'm going to go with the rest of the story. See, as Jim and I talked about the value of, of being a sponsor for somebody else's recovery, I couldn't help but think of a connection between what he was referring to as a sponsor and what we at Men and Vine re- refer to as a mentor. So I had this aha moment as Jim talked and he drew all kinds of connections as to being a sponsor and also being sponsored. And he talked about the value of it and then the light bulb went off and I thought, this is like the the genius of this moment because what he was calling a sponsor, we call a mentor. So out of this conversation that I had with Jim, I draw a few principles that I'm going to call the five things that you need to know to have a mentor that lasts. The first one is this: choose wisely. For you, uh, somebody who wants to be mentored, choose wisely. Here's some things to look for. A mentor is an individual who's been where you've been. Kind of like what Jim was offering and what was being offered to him as a sponsorship in the in the recovery world. So a mentor is an individual who's been where you have been. Second, a mentor is someone who is where you want to be. So they're not just stuck in the past. They, they've moved beyond it. They don't have to be like just way, 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 way out in front. They just need to be a little bit out in front. But if we're going to choose wisely, we have to understand what to look for in a mentor. You look for an individual who's been where you have been, and also someone who is where you want to be. Uh, understand this, choosing wisely, it doesn't mean that you're looking for Jesus as a mentor, because no mentor is perfect. They are imperfect individuals like you're an imperfect individual. They don't need to be put on such a a high, uh, up to a high standard that they can't meet. And also, you have to be someone who can speak with them freely. So in choosing, make sure that there's some sort of compatibility. Like this is a guy that you could actually talk to and hang out with. That doesn't necessarily mean being best friends. That's not where we're going with this. But that you can just hang out with. That you're not going to be repulsed around. Also look at this, when you're choosing wisely, look for a man that, that you see that they've become the type of man you want to become, that they have become the type of man you want to become. And we believe at Men of Iron in the, in the five F's, and we think that these should be the types of things you should look at. So there's a faith element, a family element, a finances element, a fitness element, and a friends element. It doesn't mean that they're peeking out, they're redlining in every one of these areas. We're just looking for growth in these areas. We're looking for somebody who, if you're going to choose wisely, choosing a mentor wisely, you're going to be looking for somebody who says, hey, you know what, I, I, they're stronger in one area or another, but I see that they're growing in these five Fs. I think they may be someone I could actually ask to mentor me for a season. Ultimately, when choosing wisely, I'll come back to this. It's somebody that knows what you don't know. It's somebody that knows what you don't know. So if you come to them and you have all the answers and you're telling them what you want to do and you and you and you, you're probably not even ready for a mentor. Because when you actually get that mentor, you're going to fall into the trap of the second thing don't be passive. Don't be passive. If you, want to, uh, if you want to have a mentor that lasts, don't be passive as a mentee. If you're going to ask somebody to mentor you, that means you should be actively engaging in the process. In the words of a famous missionary and martyr by the name of Jim Elliott, great hero of the faith, he says this, wherever you are, be all there. Powerful quote. And it fits. Don't be passive. Wherever you are, be all there. You see, mentorship is a relationship, not a task. If you make that mentor feel like you are a task, like being with you is a task, it's probably not going to work out for very long. Also, don't see yourself as, as being a task for your mentor. You're not a problem to solve. He's not trying to solve your problem. He's just trying to equip you to do what it is that you are admitting that you need help with. So, don't be passive. Don't make it harder on your mentor than it needs to be, or else he will not be there for very long. And besides that, no self so no respecting man wants to become a project or a task. You don't, no one else does. See, mentorship the reason why we can't be passive is because of the mutual investment. They invest in you, you invest in them. So, with, there's really nothing passive about it. Also, mentorship is not a counseling session. It's not you just sitting down talking, you know, over coffee or, or wherever it is that you would have this kind of conversation. It isn't just you divulging everything that's going on and expect him to fix your life. That's not mentorship. If you need that, go find a counselor. But mentorship is not a counseling session. Also, mentorship is not coasting on the other man's efforts and time. It's not just saying a few things and just, you know, him. Uh, you asking a couple things, him saying a couple things, and then all of a sudden it's like, you feel good. You, you haven't done anything. That's passive. Don't just, don't just listen. If there's some advice that they give or if you're going through some of our materials and, and you're engaging in the five Fs, that means lean into those things. Don't be passive. Fully engage where you are. The three are a little shorter. Number three is this. Mentorship is a relationship you build over time. As you do the third thing, demonstrate humility. No good mentor is going to sit and argue with you about something that they see in you that you don't see in you. They're not going to. They know better than that. They're they're more mature than that. So mentors don't want to argue with you about anything. What they want to do is, is to speak into you is they invest in you, you're investing in them. So what I would just say in this regard is, is demonstrating humility is this. Be quick to listen and slow to speak, just like what James said in James 1.19. Be quick to listen, slow to speak. If you have a question, be quiet. Allow them to answer. Allow them to fully answer. And realize that it's because it's a relationship you build over time that this demonstration of humility is not in a like a flash moment. This is as the name implies, over time. So it's going to take time for you to get to where you need to be, for your mentor to be able to figure out where you are, for you to engage with the materials that you're going through, for you to to know the person and to build trust. This isn't overnight, and that's okay. But humility, and by demonstrating humility. It creates a just an awesome baseline. And a great way for you to do that is to be quick to listen, slow to speak. The fourth way uh, that I think that you need to, the fourth thing that you need to know if you want your mentor to last is this. Number four, be accountable. Remember that mentorship is a level of accountability. It is a level of accountability. Be accountable. Don't push back. Set goals. Keep those goals work through the material, have the conversation, keep diligent notes as, as to what it is that you said you were going to do and what you agreed upon. And when your mentor asks you the next time you get together, if you did that thing, be honest if you did it or be honest if you didn't do it, but get back on track. Again, they're not looking for perfection. You're not going to be perfect just as they're not perfect. Set realistic goals. But understand that mentorship is a level of accountability. That was one of the great things, and I think the genius of the conversation I had with Jim. When he was referring to his sponsors, he was talking about, through the over 32 years of sobriety, how he has had sponsors and the value that they've added to his life, and also how he has sponsored other people, which is one of the steps uh, that he's going through in AA. So he's now reciprocating that, and now he is a sponsor for somebody else. And he's talking about how not only does he benefit when somebody is, is mentoring or sponsoring him, but also he gains so much value when he reciprocates. And now he goes out to sponsor somebody else who is where he has been. So while this podcast is largely about you looking for a mentor and, and helping to have one that lasts, Understand that you also should see yourself in the future, maybe now, as someone who can mentor someone else. Again, you don't have to have it all figured out. You just have to know something's figured out and you're gaining like you're you're gaining integrity in the five F's. The fifth thing that you need to know if you want your mentor to last is this. Remember that mentorship is a relationship that equips you to go farther and faster when you put what you hear into practice. This isn't a conversation and a bunch of circular reasoning. This isn't a conversation and a band-aid on your issues. and something that you delay until the next time you talk, and then the next time you talk, and the next time you talk. That's not what this is. You should, in real time, be thinking through, asking questions of your mentor, how to put into practice what it is that they're saying and what it is that you're hearing. So again, I'll summarize the five things that you need to know to have a mentor that lasts. And this list could have 30, 50 things. I'm just summarizing with with five based off the conversation I had with Jim. So the first one is this, choose wisely. Choose wisely. The second one, don't be passive. Third one, demonstrate humility. Fourth one, be accountable. Fifth one, put what you hear into practice. Here at Men of Iron, we would love to help you in this regard. After the podcast is over, if you would like to know more about how to be a mentor or how to be mentored, we would love to help. Go to www.menofiron.org. You'll find resources there to help you, and also there's ways that you can engage in conversations so we can walk you through the process so you can win. I'll close with this, and this is something from a previous blog post from Garrett, our CEO. He said this in the journey of manhood, the enemy, it's constantly working to devour your faith, family, friends, fitness, and finances. He would rather lull you into a life of mediocrity than see you shine into a a dark world. He would love nothing more for you to live an unbalanced, ineffective life. You're not about to let your life go to waste. So it's time to take action. You must link arms with the brethren in Christ and embrace the mentorship journey that God has for you. Remember always, iron sharpens iron. Gentlemen, if you have not subscribed to the Men of Iron Minute, you can do so at menofiron.org slash menofironminute. Talk to you next week as we launch another great episode of the Men of Iron Podcast. This Men of Iron podcast is brought to you by Men of Iron. If you're interested in getting involved in or supporting the vision of changing a culture one man at a time, or you simply want to know more about our Strong 27 Mentorship Experience, Equilibrium Retreats, Anchored Man Video Series, or Men of Iron Plus, go to menofiron.org.